0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement. ...yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your
2: podcasts.
0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David.
4: I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. All right. How would you like to know what over 6,000 people who have lost weight, a significant amount of weight, and kept it off for a long time, a a really long time, over a year? I think the average, we're going to look at it, the stats, about three years, how they did it, what their thoughts are, what the commonalities are. That would be amazing. And we have it. Brand new article, brand new study just came out in the Obesity Journal, February 2022. Could not be more excited to bring this info to you because this show is about many different things. Looking at many different things because we can't do what we want to do with our health and wellness by just looking at one. By just looking at exercise, or by just looking at nutrition, or by just looking at motivation. And I can't just have the smartest of the smart, the best of the best as I do, the authors, the PhD level, experts in their field on. That's a part of it. And other interviews that I have done are the N equals one studies of people who have been successful at just what I outlined losing a significant amount of weight and keeping it off. But now we have over 6,000 people in a very unique study. So not only is it a huge
1: cohort of people, it's a unique
4: study. Could not be more excited to bring this to you, all right? And so, yes, we have to look at so many different things to figure out what works for you. So we need to look at the
1: science. We need to look at those who have been
4: successful. And then we have to look at what we can actually do. And within those three buckets and several others. You're going to figure out what works for you. And the final quote I have from one of these people. will summarize that all perfectly. Because there is no one way. But this is what i try to do for you it's not what i try to do it's what i do for you is we're looking for patterns and commonalities so we look at all these different studies and we interview all of these different experts and talk to people who have been successful and then we start to look for patterns that venn diagram where's the overlap you know what i i am (laughs) realizing the Decades I am in this industry is so many people just come in with their with their bias. It's what's worked for them. And oftentimes it's not even what worked for them. It's just what they do, and they have had good genetics. You know, I was reading another person, or actually it was pitched a guest, who said, you know, cut out alcohol completely. Sure, that's gonna work. <laughs> that's really gonna work. It's kind of like intermittent fasting. If you go for long periods of time without eating, chances are you're gonna lose weight. But can you do that for a lifetime? Is that a lifestyle? And when it comes to alcohol, I haven't done that show yet, which is pretty remarkable. But moderation applies to alcohol as well. And if you have an issue, of course, cut it out. Get rid of it. But if you don't, you know, research shows people who drink a certain amount of alcohol live pretty long, healthy life. And a lot of that probably relates back to stress. But I I digress. But my point is, those patterns, those commonalities, study like this, 6,000 people, it's exactly what they were looking for. And they did it in a unique way, as I've said three times now. And that was open-ended questions. What do I mean by that? Quick break. When we come back, the title of the study is, in their own words, Topic Analysis of the Motivations and Strategies of Over 6,000 Long-Term Weight Loss Maintainers. How cool is that title? We'll be right back.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chappacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
3: My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it.
2: i never seen
3: a man
2: How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents family therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development,
4: You know, it is a huge problem, studies into exercise and nutrition. There are so many limitations, including self-reports. You know, to do large studies, controlled studies, controlled experiments with nutrition and exercise. Really, really expensive and hard and time-consuming and problematic. And so we use what we can. But quite often, that's problematic in and of itself. Because yes, anyone who's been in this industry, as long as I have, knows one thing for certain. And it's in all of those studies, to some degree, the question is how much? (laughs) In each study, people over-report their exercise and massively under-report, oftentimes, their caloric intake. And some of that is conscious and some of that is unconscious. All right, so what do we do? Well, we have to take novel approaches, right? And this study does that, okay? This study of over 6,000 people who had lost, who have lost a large amount of weight and kept it off, this is unique because of the approach they took to it. Now, I've talked about different weight loss registries, okay, The National Weight Control Registry, I have talked about in numerous studies. It's a wealth of information about this very cohort of people who have lost a lot of weight and kept it off, right? But there are other ones, including this one. And so this is Weight Watchers Success Registry, and I will talk about that, the possible issue, right, with that, but yeah, it's Weight Watchers, Okay. And another one that's out there that I don't think I've delved into yet, the German and Portuguese weight control registries. What great sources of information for us, right? To look at those patterns and and success stories and where the overlap is and what their methods are. And so that's what this study is. This study was trying to identify major themes of this large group, this large cohort And they answered open-ended questions. For those of you who forgot from school what an open-ended question is, it's what you want to ask your teenager, the type of question when they come home from school. My wife still, to this day, will ask my 15-year-old son, how was your day? And he says, good. That's a closed-ended question. Tell me about your day. (laughs) Tell me something good about your day. Tell me... Something interesting that happened. Open-ended questions. Okay? Not yes or no questions. Not one-word answers. Questions that are going to be expanded upon. Okay? And what is so interesting about this study, you go, well, why don't they do that all the time? Because it's really, really difficult to then parse that information. To collect it and make sense of it. But now, yes, thanks to computers, they can start to do it. And according to the researchers here, and I don't know of any other study like this, this is the first one like this. So what did they do? They asked six specific questions, and then they used machine learning and topic modeling to analyze the responses to those six open-ended questions. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm I'm still digging into what that specifically is, the machine learning and topic modeling. But what I have surmised so far is they're basically looking at patterns. And within this article, they have the words that come up frequently within all six of those questions. And then they looked at patterns and they got much more nuanced into that. But it will make sense when I give you the findings. All right. So basically, asked. Over 6,000 people to write essays. And then they used computers with machine learning programs and topic modeling to look at specific words. And then they looked at 100 specific uh, questionnaires to see if what they were looking at was making sense. So really unique. Really unique. And let me give you the specifics of the people because that's a limitation. Okay, so the participants mean age was 53.6, 94% were white, mostly female, it was over 90% female, and middle to higher incomes. So you can see the limitation right there. This is a pretty specific group, but I don't think that totally discounts the findings at all, right? But we need to know that that was the group, okay? That was the group. All right, so let's get right into it. Okay, so again, these were weight watchers, participants, the first, again, to use this topic modeling to understand their experiences, and they're looking at what? Their motivations, their strategies, and their successes with long-term weight control. All right, let me just get you the specifics here. Let me give you the questions. Let's just get right to the questions, all right? Well, no, let me give you this. So, again, the weight loss maintainers were recruited, so this is important. So Weight Watchers, but how did they get them? So they emailed them. Again, the power of email, the internet, all of these amazing things, and websites, right? So uh, they sent an email, uh, Weight Watchers did, to their members who had reported a weight loss of greater than 20 pounds for at least one year. And those who are interested in doing the study, being a part of the study, were referred to a website. When they got to that website, there was a series of these open-ended questions that were designed to capture those factors, right? The factors that helped them with the weight loss, the factors that continued to motivate them. We're going to talk about that and promote their success. And then the consequences. So I've got about three different buckets here again of just that. We're going to look at the factors that prompted their successful weight loss, how they continue to stay motivated. As most of you know, that is one of the hardest part, if not the hardest part, right? Everyone can start is how do you continue? And then what was negative? So I love that is, were there any negative consequences of being successful essentially? And so 7,419 actually enrolled in the study, 87%, 87, I'm sorry, 82.7% Again, back around 6,100 responded to at least one of the open-ended questions, and those people were included in the study. All right, so what were the questions? Six questions, and they fall under different categories. First question is under the category of weight loss triggers. What prompted you to start your weight loss attempt? Please describe. Perfect. What got you started? Number two, motivation. What currently motivates you to manage your weight? Now, you can see right away, these are... Like, ridiculously open-ended. What prompted you to start your weight loss? What currently motivates you? Number three, what is one piece of advice you would give to help someone succeed at long-term weight loss? Number four, what is the single most important thing in your life that has changed as a result of weight loss? And then one more within the change category is, please describe any negative consequences of your successful weight loss. Love that. And finally, a truly open-ended, open-ended question, other. If applicable, please use this section to describe any other factors affecting your weight loss history that has not been addressed. You know, as I was reading this study, this article, these are the questions I used to ask clients, especially that small subset that came to me already somewhat successful or people I meet in public. And it's a small group, and that's a problem. And that's why we have this show. And that's why I do what I do, all right? But what amazingly perfect questions. Open-ended, but now thanks to computer technology, we can start. It's not perfect. You know, looking at word patterns and things like that, far from perfect, but it's a darn good start. And the findings I'm going to give you are going to illustrate that, all right? quick break when we come back going to get right into it what currently motivated them they have two main topics for that what's the most important thing that has changed they had five and the negative consequences they had two they'd argue pretty good problems at least one and not major not major negatives but negatives all right and then finally strategies for success those were two and these are so important and right on the money all right quick break we'll be right back
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll
4: see you there. And we are back again talking about this incredible, in my opinion, new study on over 6,000 people who have lost weight and kept it off Again, this study is unique in that the normal studies like this rely on closed-ended questions, and those are researcher-determined questions. And as this article study states, you know, those closed-ended questions may fail to capture the rich array of thoughts, feelings, values, behaviors, and beliefs that surround the experience of long-term weight loss maintenance. So, Yeah, this was this was challenging to ask over 7000 people originally to just basically weigh in to write about their weight loss and what, you know, precipitated it, how they maintained it, what their strategies for success for others are and the negative consequences as well. So. Let's get right into their specifics. And again, they were asked six questions, and let's start with that. So the first question was basically what what precipitated, what prompted them to start their weight loss attempt? And there were five. Five topics came up when they did that computer modeling, when they looked at the terms. that came up over and over again, and they put it into five categories, the first being medical triggers, And this reflected a high number of words related to, as you would expect, medical-related issues. And those included words like diabetes, heart, risk, insulin, things like that. Uh, And that's quite often, right? But the the unfortunate thing, if you're in this industry for any length of time, it's generally not enough. As crazy as that sounds, the human condition is such that, sure, you go to the doctor— They say you need to change these uh, health behaviors, and you're maybe scared for a short amount of time, but you forget. So not surprising that that would be one of the top five that came up. People are motivated to lose weight when they are medically told to or have medical issues related to that. Number two, appearance. So these were a high number of words related to looks, concerns over looks. So here we're talking about clothing, feelings, things like that, feelings about how they looked. And talk about two, you know, somewhat opposite topics, right? One totally medically based and then one vanity based. And that's why I say it doesn't matter what your reason for starting An exercise program, health program, wellness program, look better, feel better, live longer, you get the other two. And number three was mobility. This was concerns related to bodily movement. So here we're talking about walking and stairs and knees as terms that came up frequently. And this goes to medical triggers, right? This goes to, again, human condition. Suddenly when things get hard, when things get painful, that's when we start to focus on them. And my goal is to get more and more people focusing on these issues before the problems, that prehab versus rehab. The final two factors that prompted the weight loss, you know, trigger to start the program, social prompts. So this is other people, right? These are your friends, the doctor, right? Probably the medical trigger, your husband, your wife, your daughter. Your child, these are the words that came up frequently. So we've got medical issues. We've got the vanity side. We've got day-to-day issues, right? Mobility. And then we've got other people. And finally, and this one was a little more vague or the most vague of the five, change needed. And this reflected feelings of hitting some type of threshold, whether that's being tired, um, you know, just tired. Yeah, was one of the top terms related to this change needed Trigger for starting weight loss. Now, most of you have experienced one, if not all of these, right? If you're one of those people as 70% and more are, who are dealing with losing weight. And so this makes sense. And this, again, is such a rich group of of people to ask these open-ended questions of. And it shows What I talk about all the time, that you're going to have different reasons for starting, but you get all those benefits, and those reasons will change. As you're going to see, actually, one of the kind of cool main findings, or I could consider it a main finding, based on the age of the people in this study, the average age. And so you've got vanity, as I said, number two, and number one, you've got medical triggers. So one is like life or death for many people. And another one is how you look in the mirror. And so I would argue these are exactly what I have heard over the years and what you would expect, right? Okay, so let's get deeper into this. Participants were also asked to describe what currently motivated them. All right, so those are the five reasons they started, but what kept them going? Two main topics that came up one was looking back. So this is a desire to stop the negative experiences that they encountered when they were heavier. Negative experiences of the past. And they didn't want to experience those because of what? All the time and work that went into achieving their goal. And so this would be an interesting time and place in your life when you've achieved that goal to look back and say, I don't want to go back to that. You know, there's always the the discussion about the past is past and let's look forward and obviously truth to that. But these people are saying that they would use that negative memory, those negative memories to keep them on track. Makes sense. And then, (laughs) just like in the the last group of uh, responses, the second one here of the two is health and appearance. They wanted to keep what they had on the vanity side. So the first one, to avoid the negative,
1: And the second one, to continue with the positive. Makes sense. All right? And
4: they had achieved it and they wanted to keep it. I think we need to constantly reiterate that. Participants were also asked... The most important thing that had changed. I love this question. What was the most important thing to them that had changed as a result of the weight loss? Five categories. Number one, confidence. I love this. Improved self-confidence, esteem, and
1: happiness. That is just amazing.
4: And why I talk about it so frequently. Yeah. Weight loss is good, but if you don't do it the right way for the right reasons, you can be really skinny and really unhappy. We know many people like that. So just because you weigh a certain amount doesn't mean you're happy. And when you embark upon and try to do the weight loss in extreme ways, What does it do? It erodes your self-efficacy. It erodes your confidence. It erodes your esteem and your happiness. Okay, so I love this as number one. That's the, awesome. Number two, reduced pain. Wow, that's a great result. And that's why I just did that podcast about the number one thing we want to avoid. And that's the hospital, the doctor, the pain. The things we can control. The specifics. And yes, when we take control of our health, we have improved confidence, self-esteem, happiness. And a huge part of that is you feel better because we forget how much pain we we learn to live with it. And every single one of you knows what I'm talking about. So reduced pain during exercise, exercise, And activities of daily life. Number three. Improved fitness and body image. And that goes to. The active
1: lifestyle. Fitting into clothes.
4: They're moving around more. They're able to do. What they want to do. And that's those activities of daily living. I talk about. And we forget. What we can't do because of that shoulder pain, knee pain, the added weight, and all of the above, oftentimes. Number four, medical status. Which included, and I quote, feeling healthier and improvements in blood pressure, cholesterol, and diabetes and a longer life. That's really important. But it's not talked about in the commercials and the literature you see online about exercise. It's all about being skinny and having a certain body type, which is okay as part of your goal, but medical status, having a healthy heart, and all the other things I talk about when it comes to cardiovascular exercise and things like that, really important. Now, here is something I pulled out. Because I think it's really important. And I quote, so there's a little paragraph from the study itself about medical status. It is possible that appearance concerns are more salient motivators for younger individuals and that medical factors become more salient over time as the health threats imposed by obesity mount and medical care for obesity related comorbidities become needed. Of course, that's, you go, what does that mean? It's common sense. You don't care about your health as much when you're 20 or 30 because you don't have to. You're not in pain. Everything's working pretty well. And you can get away with staying out late and drinking a little bit more and doing those things that you enjoy. And then it starts to catch up with you in your 40s and 50s and 60s. So that makes sense. That's that horrible human nature. We don't deal with it till it's a problem. But we also don't deal with it because you're told that you have to go to the gym and you have to do an hour and you have to do these crazy workouts and it has to not be fun. (laughs) I I can't even say that word, which isn't a really bad word, but I hear my mom's voice when I want to use a term like that. So yeah, that makes sense. But it also shows how we need to target people. And it's kind of exciting that one of the findings from all of this is that medical status is becoming more and more important. People are getting it. You're getting what? That you have control over so much of that pain and disease. And that, at the end of the day, is probably one of the most important benefits. Vanity will come. But let's get out of pain. Let's avoid diseases we can. All right? And finally, positive affect. Okay? Again, a lot more kind of all over the place with this one, but you know, this is about feeling at ease and more comfortable. You felt you feel better. So it's back to the first one as well. So it's related to confidence and self-esteem. And that's a really good thing. People always ask me why I'm so happy and in good mood the vast majority of the time. And it's because I feel good. Love what I do. And I, know what I can control and I control all of those things. And when you do life gets so much easier When you stop fighting with the things you can't control and you control the ones you can and you give it time. Really good things happen over time. All right, let's wrap this up. When asked about the negative consequences of their weight loss, two topics, clothing and criticism. Now the clothing, these are, Both for uh, topic number one, by the way. So, money spent buying new clothes and unexpected criticism from other people. That's really important, by the way. So, I used to say when I would have those clients years ago yeah, this is, you know, they would lose a significant amount of weight. And the downside was that new wardrobe. A pretty good downside, I would argue. All right. Unexpected criticism from other people. Maybe an oversimplification, but not, in my opinion, an experience. That's jealousy oftentimes. When the vast majority of people are trying to accomplish something that you are and you do it, it can be challenging for a lot of people, let's be honest. And again, those of you who know what I'm talking about, have experienced it, know what I'm talking about. Uh, so you got to be careful and surround yourself with the right people. Right. Misery loves company. And the second one, and I've experienced this with clients in the past, excess skin and effort required. Right. So, again, two things in one here. Uh, But excess skin. I had an incredible client years ago came to me and he had actually already done the work. He uh, it's a long story for another day, but basically came to me when I was um, working at a private gym for myself and had heard of me. Uh, seen my camp in Nantucket, and long story short, wanted to make some final changes, but he had lost like well over a hundred pounds. And he took me into the locker room, pulled up his shirt, and had so much excess skin. And he said, "You know, how do I get rid of this?" And I'm not a doctor, but uh, what I do know about all that stuff is, uh, especially the amount he had. Yes, it was one of the the rare times I said, "You know, this is this is surgery. This is plastic surgery. This is a specialized surgery to get rid of that. No, no muscle building was going to help that. But what what a aw- well an awesome problem." but he had achieved incredible result. Uh, and so he needed medical intervention at that point. And just the final one there is the effort required. Yeah, so let's be honest. People uh, realize it's work. I would argue the longer you do it, the less work it is when you figure out your program. But those first couple months, years, yeah, you're you're still figuring it out. You're figuring out that journey and all the different things you need to put into place so that you are successful. All right, probably one of the... Uh, Most uh, important parts, what's the one piece of advice that these 6,000-plus people would give someone to help them succeed at uh, long-term weight loss? The responses clustered around two main topics for this final one, perseverance. This reflected an approach that encouraged never giving up, taking it day by day, using meetings to reset after difficult weeks. So that goes to the Weight Watchers component of this and embracing the journey and the long-term goal sound familiar but you have to believe
1: it you have to stop fighting it that it is a journey and it takes a little while but you can do it and the
4: one thing i want to add to this whole thing in my you know many years and many clients and many studies is it gets easier Because you figure out what works for you. You figure out your behaviors. Doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't happen in a month. Doesn't happen in 12 weeks. It's a bunch of small changes over time. All right? And within that perseverance topic, I pulled this out because so powerful and important as well. When faced with inevitable setbacks, weight loss maintainers recommend restarting anew the next day or as soon as possible. And this is that podcast I did a while back about throwing the whole day away or throwing a week away. But usually it's at least a day. You wake up, you have bad breakfast, and you go, the day's shot. And so you just throw the whole day away and you eat whatever you want. What these people are referring to is one of the most important aspects of long-term success is restarting right away. Or as soon as possible. The next day, I would argue most of these people don't restart the next day. But even if you do, you restart. There is no perfect, and that's what you learn. You don't beat yourself up, and you don't feel guilty. You get right back on because not one of those fitness people you see on social media is even remotely close to perfect. And as I said, you can be really skinny and really unhappy and really unhealthy. All right? Finally, tracking and lifestyle. This is that common theme you hear in all of these weight loss registry studies and research. As weight loss maintainers describe tracking food intake as an essential skill within a healthy lifestyle. So it's just knowing what you're taking in, it's learning about calories, the number you need, the number in the foods you consume. And whatever that tracking is for you, for some people, it's for a certain amount of time. Generally for these people is they still track, but not as frequently or not as specifically, but they track. They're on top of things and they don't ever let it get too far out of whack. You're going to have the fluctuations. You're going to see a pound or two or three with water and things like that, as I talk about, but you need to track, you need to be accountable in some way. And that is different for different people. Some people weigh every day. Some people weigh once a week. Some people count macros. But one thing that is across the board common with most of these people is they eat the same foods. And that way they know. They're controlling. They don't have that much variation in worrying about how many calories are in something because they know. They have that same breakfast. They go, okay, that breakfast is 350 calories. I know that because I have it frequently. Or that lunch is 400 calories. I know that because I've researched it and I eat it frequently, okay? But tracking and lifestyle. So those are the two takeaways. Perseverance, grit. That builds up over time and that's why I will continue to talk about the psychological aspect of all this. It is so important and why those bad programs and bad people and bad products erode your self-efficacy, your confidence, and they strip you of your ability to persevere because you think you can't when you can. All right. Finally, future weight maintenance research, Uh, according to this paper, and I think these are great points, four quick points, should focus on these things. So these are the takeaways, again, from this research. There's going to be a journey with highs and lows. You have to persevere in the face of setbacks. Setbacks. You got to have some kind of sustained tracking that, that works for you. And this is my favorite, personally, and I underlined it <laughs> because of that. Making changes in medical status more salient during the weight maintenance journey. In other words, those non-scale victories. That your blood pressure went down. That your heart rate, uh, resting heart rate maybe goes down. That those markers that are elevated, the medications you're on that those things start to improve. That is everything, and it's not talked about enough. All right? Once again, major limitation in this study. Predominantly white, female, married, educated, and, you know, at least mid-level income. So you can't extrapolate this out to everyone, but the points are pretty universal for the most part. And let me leave you with a final quote from one of the 6,000-plus weight loss maintainer They wrote in that final section where they could write whatever they wanted to. Everyone's journey is a unique education into learning about oneself and what works for your lifestyle. Self-discovery takes a while, so don't give up. Could not have written something better to end this. And this encapsulates everything I talk about here on Fitness Disrupted. Unique education into learning about yourself and what works for your lifestyle. Still based in science, but you're going to figure out your plan. And the self-discovery takes a while. There is no failure. You learn from roadblocks. I don't even want to call them mistakes. You learn from your journey. And you have to, you have to go Oh my gosh, this nine ty- types of cardio on the 10th try, you go, oh my gosh, it's, it's, you know, what was the new thing? Uh see, I'm losing my mind now. <laughs> it was a drumming class. Pound, that's what I was looking for. I have a friend who loves pound. It's a drumming workout, group fitness exercise. She took many classes before she found this one that she loves. She still does other things, but my point is that that's your self-discovery finding the cardio you like, finding the strength training you like, finding the foods you like, and not giving up. What a great study. All right. If you want to reach out Tom H. Fit, Instagram and Twitter, Tom H. Fit, direct message me. So many of you doing so, and I love it. Questions and comments. You can go to fitnessdisrupted.com. Email me through the site as well. Please subscribe, follow, whatever way you can follow this show greatly appreciate it as well my newest book is the micro workout plan available wherever books are sold and i get excited for every single podcast to bring you more information to help you live your best life and that's what it's all about all right thank you for listening i'm tom holland this is fitness disrupted believe in yourself Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David.